Transitioning to a big kid bed. Now, this can be a really exciting time for you and your little one. They're getting all this extra space. And so sometimes we get nervous about this transition, but what we want to do is we want to set that perspective that this is fun, they're going to have more space, and we're all going to be on the same page during the transition, which will make it so much easier for you. So now that they have all this extra freedom, how do we keep them in the bed? Today on the podcast, we'll talk about techniques to keep your little one in their own bed and keep them safe all night. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. We're so glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, Jennifer and Laura. This is Angelique from California. I'm looking for advice on helping my two-and-a-half-year-old stay in his bed throughout the night. We had to transition to a big boy bed about two months ago because he was climbing out of his crib. Now that he can freely get out of his bed, he's coming into our room at least once a night and sometimes several times a night. Sometimes he asks for water, sometimes he has to go potty, and then sometimes he just asks us to sit and rock him for a few minutes till he goes back to sleep. He doesn't fight us to go back to sleep, but it's still exhausting to get up so many times. Any tips on how to encourage him to put himself back to sleep if he does wake up instead of coming into our room? Thanks. Bye. This is such a great question, and we're just going to start off with the positive. He's in the big boy bed, Yay! and that is so fun. Man, they start climbing out of those. So I'll share a story. Okay. So the twins, you know, they were two months early, so they were tea tiny little things, right? And so, you know, we got through, got through the transitions. They had their each their crib and their cribs were like head to head. And they would sleep with their hands in between the slats of the bed, touching each other's head. It was the cutest thing ever, right? Until Blake, at 10 months old, would climb and flip himself over into Patrick's. Crib. Now you have to understand that that Laura's people are tall people. We're so tall people. even though they were tea tiny when they came out, they grew so, so fast like, that this ten month old probably them right, hike a leg over. <laughs> even now, like they tower over me. So yeah, so I could see that. I could totally see that and happening. So I'm thinking, okay, they're ten months old. Blake is purposefully climbing out, climbing in to be with Patrick. And so we, okay, I was like, well, but how do I keep these two boys safe if I can't keep them in a crib, right? So here I go, childproofing a room that I thought I still had another year and a half to go, childproofing this room and putting the mattresses on the floor. So we took the cribs apart, put the mattresses on the floor, got the little toddler beds or what have you. And do you know, that they explored that room. They had this new freedom. They were so excited. They still slept in the same bed. So even though we had two beds, they slept in the same bed. And 
the difference between that situation and the caller is what we always get this audible gasp when we talk about taking these kids and putting them into their big boy beds and them being able to get out of their room. So my boys were not allowed to come out of their room. So I took the doorknob, switched it around because there were two of them. I could not let, I could not give them free roam of my house and me ever sleep again. Oh, right. We, we tried a baby gate and one twin <laughs> laid down like, you know, all fours like a dog. And the other one stepped on that one's back to get over the gate. Like, they like have, who did, did they like rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> who was going to be free? It just happened intuitively. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's so important. So what yeah. we really have to talk about here is one safety, yeah. right? That room... So, so the crib was kind of their little safe place and they couldn't get into anything. The room is that next level and it needs to be a safe environment for them to explore and to have fun. But at two and a half years old, they are not able to have free roam of the house. Yeah, it's non-optional. It's non-optional. And we hear this all the time when we say, no, just turn the knob around so it can only the door can only be locked from the hallway side. And hey, that is not just to keep, to keep them in the room. If that doorknob is turned, how many people have been locked? Their kid has locked themselves yeah. in their own room and now you can't get in? <laughs> yeah. So not only does it keep you safe there, but we hear the gas like lock them in their room. room. I'm like, you put them in a crib and that had bars. I don't understand why this is so different. So different. But we need to maintain that safety. You're so right. And, you know, I, I may have told this story before, but I went and did a consult for the sweetest parents who put their kid to bed and then went on the porch to have a glass of wine. And their kid was found across the street in the neighbor's backyard at like 930. It was dark out. And nobody wants that situation. Of course they called me. And what is the first thing we instituted in that household that nobody complained about is we made a safe environment in the room. And then we turned that lock around so it locked from the hallway side. It's good for fire safety. It's good for them not locking themselves in. And most importantly, and I know what you're going to say because we've done this for 23 years and I've absolutely spoken to thousands of families across the globe they always come to my room but until that, they don't exactly and we can't take we can't there's knives there's electricity there's stairs there's water there's, there's doorways to the neighbors you know backyard. backyard so um so yeah we are always unapologetically going to say safety first we make it non-optional and the way we feel about it will be contagious to them right and i think that you know this is a tough subject, right? I mean, it is. You don't want to think about those things, but we have to. Um, I often think, you know, yes, for fire safety, if there is an emergency in the house, I want you to be able to look in one spot, get to that room, get your kid and get out. They cannot follow a safety plan. Yes, we all have our fire safety plans for the family, but they can't follow those instructions at two and a half, at three, at three and a half, at four. I mean, it might not be until they're about six years old that they can 
know the plan, know how to get out of a house and get outside. And so that's up to us. And so we want to be able to get there, get them and get out. And I think so often we just don't want to talk about it. We just want to act like, well, that's never going to happen. Right. And I think that it's important that we talk about it. All of our clients that are firefighters. Oh my God. All of our clients that work in the ER. All of our clients are cheering right now. Like, please send this message. Close Before You Doze is a great blog in the Knowledge Center. It's wonderful, written by one of our clients who's an incredible uh, firefighter here in Atlanta. And, you know, Yes, they're cheering for sure. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that, you know, you don't want to have to see. So we're going to take that collective advice. But the beautiful thing is, at Moms on Call, we give you instructions on how to do this in a way that fortifies your relationship with your child and allows your um, mindset to be contagious. So I'll tell another story. I had these um, clients, and we put this into practice. And I said, we just make it sound like it is the most normal thing in the world. We close the door to keep you safe. That's all I have to say. Every night, just a shrug of the shoulder. Well, and we y'all should see Jennifer right now. I'm I'm sitting across from her. And I mean, I'm like believing every single word she says. <laughs> I get I mean, so she animated. She is so confident. <laughs> like, this is not a big deal. And that really is what she's trying to tell you guys. Be confident in what you're saying and how you say it because your confidence is contagious. Yeah, and it's short and it's repetitive and it's every night. And if you, the one bigger and smarter than them, keeps their life in control, if this is how you feel about it regularly, it becomes contagious. So we close the door to keep you safe. So I had some clients and at their daycare, they were talking about with all the kids, like, what are your nighttime routines? And their child who had previously not slept longer than three hours in a row, we got it all sorted out. We closed the door. They learned how to do it. They were so proud of themselves. After all that was said and done, They're at this daycare situation where they're asking this question and their child raises their hand and says, we closed the door to keep me safe. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The daycare knew why. They knew knew this kid was a flight risk. And, um, And, but what that says is the extraordinary power, if we could shout something from the rooftops, it is this. Your children are strong, adaptable, and resilient, and so are you. And your voice is contagious. So their anxiety about it or how you perceive they might feel about it, that's not king in your house. You get to tell the truth. And we walk you through exactly how to do that. I wish I could have gotten you before you made the transition because it's so much easier if they don't ever know that coming out of the room is an option. So we map it out in our toddler book and our, um, you know, second book, which is six to 15 months. It's mapped out there. It's mapped out on the online classes. We can partner with you, get all the parents on the same page and partner with you with our consultants so that we can make sure that we're saying the things to you that you need to hear while you go through the not so fun process of taking the time and repetitiveness that it takes for your kid to catch on, sleep all night in their non-optional sleep environment and be able to say with pride, we close the door to keep me safe. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 